Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Linda Backman and Linda and I are going to take on a what some may consider an adventurous topic and yet what it is truly is exploring the nature of reality and we need to find honesty in our quest and allow ourselves to really look at the nature of what's around us and the universe and the multiverse so um, let me tell you about Dr. Linda Backman, because what we're going to talk about today are past lives, souls from both Earth and elsewhere, which is actually a chapter, Lives on Earth and Elsewhere, in Linda's book, The Evolving Soul, Spiritual Healing Through Past Life Exploration. And we can't fully find that healing without fully exploring. Her other book is... Um, Bringing Your Soul to Light, Healing Through Past Lives and the Time Between. Linda comes to us once again returning to the show, it's been a little while, with more than 30 years of private practice. And she's been working with people for a very long time. She studied with expert Dr. Michael Newton and taught with him as well. Um, he is the author of, of books on um on Life Between Lives, Regression Therapy, which is her specialty. She is a psychologist. She is an expert regression therapist. She beautifully combines um, what some might consider the practical, being a psychologist, and the expansive, because that's what you've got to be to fully explore the psyche. And with her wonderful husband, Earl, who I've been delighted to meet, and um, we're all going to be at the Los Angeles Conscious Life Expo, by the way, um, they have founded the Ravenheart Center, which is a wonderful place in Colorado, um, dedicated to soul path discovery. And she also co-founded the International Between Lives Regression Network. I have a couple of websites up for Linda, both bringingyoursoultolight.com and ravenheartcenter.com, and I invite you to explore those. And now I'm just so happy to welcome Linda Backman back on the line. Hello, Linda. Welcome back. Well, thank you so much, Susan. It is absolutely my pleasure. Well, I have to say, 
I I really feel the expansiveness coming into this show. I can I can feel it across time. I guess one one would say because there are no boundaries of time, and and I am just so thankful that you're courageously exploring this. Well, you know, I think, Susan, people sometimes say that to me, and what I say is I guess we need to thank my guides and my guidance (laughs) because years ago I never dreamed I would be Mm -hmm. teaching, writing, and talking about what I do, and yet it is truly my passion. So that's, that's what I'm doing. You know, I think that many of us can relate to that, and sometimes even saying that is adventurous anymore is that, you know, the and yet it's real. You know, the guidance that we can receive in navigating through what it is we are to do, what we're to teach, and just simply how we are to live our lives. So um, I admire you for that, for for fully listening and incorporating that into your teaching. And, and you and you as well, because I think in many cases we are being adventurous because so many of us, again, myself included, it's like, oh, what are people going to think if they discover that, you know, Linda, this person who's a, you know, traditionally trained psychologist does this kind of work, and yet <laughs> a little bit of it is, I, I think about the book years ago, the title was, When I Grow Old, I Shall Wear Purple, and not, you know, I don't know what old means, but I'm I'm certainly not, you know, 30, 40, 50 uh, at all anymore. And it's like we do what we feel called to do because it feels right at that deeper level. Yes, yes. And and I think that, that many of us can say that it does take some time too. You know, when we talk about wearing purple when we grow old, I don't feel I don't feel old but I'm older than, than I was at one time, obviously. And sometimes we have to grow into the courage of our own work. I mean, I think, or whatever we're we're guided to do in service. I don't even want to call it our own work because I think it is it is uniquely what we're guided to do. But it really is ultimately in service, and and that's yes. what I feel you're doing. I completely agree. So as we launch into this, um, I'll actually launch into it rather adventurously. I connected to this immediately. In fact, you have a question at the end of the chapter, one in particular I'll I'll happily take up about, like, when you were a child, what what jumped out at you? And I'm going to tell you right now because I know there are people my age who had the same experience. When I was a child, Escape to Witch Mountain (laughs) was a movie that was very popular. And uh, Linda... That movie called to me like, I mean, it was just like, that's it. I mean, and it was very, but I was a child. And that's why I want to enter into this as children, because we don't know anything. We're we're exploring who we are as children. We, We don't judge as children. And I knew when I was very young, there was something to this. There was something to looking at the stars. It was it was it was in poetry it was all kinds of ways and that movie was one hook for me so so i'm going to connect with the audience right now and say i'm i'm exploring it too honestly so so tell us linda um how how do we we launch into discovering these past lives how do we un- begin to understand them well I'm I'm assuming Susan you're being and, and correct me if this isn't true but I assuming you're being specific in terms of past lives not on the earth as opposed to past lives in general well, or do you want Yeah and we can we can we can preface that with an introduction if you like because it's been a while since you've been on the show 
Um, so, so you can generalize that to begin with because our topic is both. But, yes, I mean, first, why don't we do a little general introduction into past lives just to, just to get back familiar with the topic and then, yes, launch into both Earth and beyond because I think that's what people would like to hear for sure. Okay, perfect, perfect. So let me see if I can make this kind of short so that we have plenty of time to really dive into mm-hmm, these deeper mm-hmm. topics of, you know, non-Earth lives and, and where do souls come from and that sort of thing. So um, very, very long story short for the listeners who maybe haven't heard me before. Um, so as a psychologist, about 23 years ago, I was minding my own business. I was in general practice. Um, I'll leave out a lot of the details, primarily I wouldn't have called myself spiritual at all and then there was a huge change in my working life and my original psychologist colleague um, back then I would have said died from a type of lung cancer at the mm-hmm. age of 32 and when he passed and, and you know for the for the audience just to be clear I, I didn't know if I believed in reincarnation I, I was a babe in the woods really and I but, but I wasn't <laughs> But I wasn't a babe. I was 46 years old. Yeah. Um, and so when my colleague passed, immediately I started having spiritual experiences. I sensed him talking to me, um, reminding me of things that needed to be handled in our office, which I thought was really, really bizarre. And I believed that I began to see in my mind intuitively scenes of past lives that we, that my colleague and I as souls in different bodies um, were sharing, and it, yeah. it my whole life then began to shift basically because I couldn't deny what I was experiencing. And yeah. first, I began. I learned how to guide past life regression, and I began to guide that um, first very minimally, and then it began to expand. Um, and a few years later, I learned about how to guide clients not just into a past life, but the work of between lives regression, yeah. which is going into a past life to the ending of the past life and then working at the level of who the client is as a soul. Um, yeah. So I started I, I started guiding those types of um, regression and slowly I pulled away actually from doing conventional work and began to do only counseling and regression that were, I might say, soul-based. And I, I slowly began to have some clients who went to past lives that were non-Earth-based. And then when I guided some of those clients into connecting, we might say, with their higher self or their soul self, then I began to learn more about souls that don't um, have the bulk of their incarnations or their embodiments on earth and why. And over the last maybe 10 years of my regression work, I've had many, 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 far too many clients to count who have begun teaching me a lot about who are souls that don't routinely come to earth, what's unique about them, why do they come here, and I'll just say, as I mentioned to you before we started, Susan, um, I'm in the process of outlining my third book, and um, this will be a strong um, part of the focus. So that's kind of what happened for the person that <laughs> I used to know that was me that was you know, seemingly pretty straightforward. Yes, yes. No, I... I get that because so many of us come from conventional backgrounds, and yet we have 
you know, this these exploratory roots too, just as I I said at the beginning of the show. And and I guess um the the next question that I have for you is actually I have a, a question I didn't really expect to ask. It feels, Linda, right now we're being prepared to better understand this. It's like suddenly within the field of astronomy, you know, they're telling us about all kinds of things. Like, you know, there's this evidence of the this, this sun, you know, some planet that may be using power from the sun. And at some point they question that. And now they're saying, well, you know, it, it, you know, maybe it was comets. Now they're saying it's something else. And so I think we're having this conversation within the context of making discoveries. Now we know there are planets all over the place. We didn't used to know that when you started this. I mean, it hasn't been that long, Linda, that they've actually been saying, yeah, there's evidence, you know, with of, of planets out there. Even even the Pope and the astronomers over there, they're talking about this. So so do you feel, Linda, really, that this is, um, it, that the time has come, you know, really to, to be open to this? Yes, I, I totally feel the time has come for all kinds of reasons, which I think probably we'll, we'll get into in this conversation of what is unique about these people on Earth, mm-hmm. incarnate souls on Earth, that haven't had the bulk of their lives here and what's unique about them, what are their their gifts, their skills and abilities, but also what what are their challenges. Um, yeah. And I, I really believe that um, there is guidance, not only guidance that's tied to the earth, but guidance that's tied to the universe. And I yeah. think that whatever we call that, that guiding energy, um, they're pu- pushing us as humans to broaden our perspective. I mean, just one example is global warming, that, Mm -hmm. you know, this planet isn't going to survive if we don't take care of it. Um, And even though, you know, there are certain political leanings that want to say there is no such thing, um, I think that's just gobbledygook and... um, (laughs) We must care for this planet or the planet we live on, you know, ultimately could could cease to exist. And I'm, I'm not a catastrophic thinker, so that's not how I live my life. I don't go around worrying about that. But I think we're being pushed, yes, to understand more and more beyond planet Earth. Yes, yes. Oh, I, I totally relate. And being here in the Pacific Northwest, you know, something I think about is Fukushima. You know that that isn't being discussed too much, but but probably needs to be because you know um, we we are polluting this planet and we're doing things that are for profit and not for our well-being as a continuing civilization. And you know when you talk about there being this existence of guidance, to me, Linda, it is perfectly logical to believe that there are worlds, now that we know there are so many, let's look at this as a scientist. There there are very, there are absolutely worlds where intelligence and compassion has evolved into higher consciousness and can reach to us across time and space. There are no limits to higher consciousness. So to me, that's just logical and it's it's such hopeful information to know we're not alone. 
Completely. I mean, we're we're not alone. And and maybe just to kind of dive into this topic a little bit more, my understanding is that when Earth was formed, and no one, even scientists, don't know for sure the age of the Earth, but we're probably you know talking about you know hundreds of thousands of years ago, when Earth was formed and life began here, there were no souls here it's not like you know columbus discovered america and came and mm-hmm. found you know native peoples there were mm-hmm. no souls here and mm-hmm. and when souls began to incarnate here all souls that originally came to earth came from somewhere else in the universe yeah. to inhabit the earth um and so you know what I've discovered through my regression work, and I, I have to say to the listeners, because I think this is always important, that my cardinal rule when I guide regression clients, and I also train people to guide um, the two types of regression that I that I do, my cardinal rule is, do as the regression therapist, do not put ideas in the mind of your client. Let their regression material come forward spontaneously just by you continually asking questions. So that so so that's my rule and and basically that means that the information that comes forward is not because I put it in the mind of the client. So what I began to what I began to learn is that periodically um souls from elsewhere would come to earth in greater numbers um with purpose and souls as obviously as earth progressed and in general, greater numbers of non-Earth-based souls, what we might call souls that primarily do not incarnate on Earth, they would come in greater numbers periodically depending on the challenges and the needs of planet Earth. And so non-Earth-based souls, my my understanding of this is that non-Earth-based souls come here periodically and they bring the level of wisdom or evolution that is advanced from where they come from and and so they're unique they're they're unique in in the knowledge and the awareness and the focus that they have but what they what they don't have it's always a kind of a complicated topic to try to explain yeah. is they don't have um a familiarity or a comfort level with the human body and human means of operating. So often they struggle. And that's what I find. So with a lot of my clients who come in, and some of them may have already suspected or they know that they've not been on earth many times, and or sometimes they don't necessarily know that, but what they know, and I've heard this out of the mouth of so many clients, they'll say to me, you know, I've always felt alien. I've always sensed that I was sort of alien here. Um, and, you know, I'll say to the listeners, and, and, and I've asked my guys a question, so so I'll say to the listeners, I, as as Linda Backman, I am not an ET soul. I'm an Earth-based soul. I've been coming here far longer than I even know, and that is how my soul evolution has gradually moved forward by coming into body on earth. Um, I've asked my guide, so since I'm not a non-earth-based soul or what I call an ET soul, why me, uh, why guides and guidance have you 
begun over the last many years to give me a lot of information about ET souls. And what what I've heard from my guides is because Linda you you are grounded. <laughs> Some people might not think I'm grounded, but <laughs> you, you 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 are grounded um partly because you're earth-based. So you've been here so many times. Mm-hmm. Y- y- you may not love the way Earth operates, but you are familiar with how Earth operates. And then it, they do say, at, at times they'll say to me, and Linda, you have conventional training. So even though, Linda, you do what a lot of people would call unusual work, people think, underscore, think you're grounded because you have conventional training as a psychologist. Um so exactly. I well, have it gives learned. you credibility. It, 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 people listen. I mean, it, it's important that you have that. I think it helps. It, um, it, I suppose it, you know. Yeah. I think that's it's a for fundamental other people. For you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and every every piece of you matters. I feel you know, and and, and that part matters. And I suppose that's true. You know, that's just like listening to all the political debates and and the candidates full of time say, "I'll let." the voters decide. So if, in fact, people view me as credible, I'll let people <laughs> make make that decision. But quite honestly, I am fascinated with both um, what's unique about non-Earth-based souls or ET souls and why are they here now in greater numbers and what does that mean about um, the, the Earth advancing. Because for me, this all has to be grounded in what's pragmatic. What, you know, not what we might say a bunch of woo-woo, oh, let's just talk about the, you know, the fun (laughs) of living on another planet and how you don't Uh worry about, you know, you don't have to worry about being overweight because your diet's all perfect and blah, 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 blah. But what is this about for the earth right now? How can we help ET souls understand themselves or parents of ET souls understand themselves and how can both earth-based souls and ET souls move the planet forward. So I really think it has to be pragmatic. Okay. I'm actually glad to ask you a question that's sort of in between. Okay. <laughs> you talk about that's the fine. in-between life. I, I, You know, as you're talking, Linda, I'm thinking about this is um, – are there souls, and this is this is a little outside the box, but it's important to this topic because I feel connected to this. Are there souls who are kind of like bridges? I mean, they may not be ET souls, you know, but yes. they feel the presence because because I don't know. You know, I opened this program very boldly talking about my openness as a child. It's totally true, but I'm not even saying. I don't know. You know, I don't necessarily feel. I know of past lives on the earth. And what if part of it, too, is there's some souls who are open. You know, we we are here to be more open. And so we've always thought expansively. Because if I think about, like, they're connecting souls. And, and we're ready to help open up to this this connection and to these ET souls. Because I begin to think, you know, that may be where where I'm at, the in-between kind of soul. And maybe you are, too, in your own way, just by um, bringing this information forward. I I think that that's perfect, Susan, because Mm -hmm. 
um, to, to broaden my explanation, which I was trying to make simple, and now it's perfectly you know, appropriate to broaden it. So what I've been told through clients is that some of us are earth-based, so some uh-huh. of us are like me, you know, uh, even mm-hmm. though I came from somewhere else a long, long, long time ago, I've been coming here almost ad nauseum, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then the opposite um, category, you might say, um, what we might call ET souls, are souls that have only been on the earth maybe three times, maybe even 50 times, but that's compared to hundreds if not thousands of lives elsewhere. But there is, you might say, a bridging group, so to speak, and I was told to call those star traveler souls. And basically what that means is those are souls that have been on Earth maybe 100, 200, even 300 times, but they've been elsewhere a 1,000 or more times so that they bridge the gap of understanding um, and and sort of go back and forth, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, I think, and and I want to say to the the listeners listening, what we're doing here. This is an exploratory experience where what Linda does with people is, and I want to invite the listeners to really open up to to guidance as to you know what you're guided to explore in this area. Um, and 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 now, Linda, um, I. Well, it sounded like you were about to say something, so I want to give you that opportunity, what, whatever you were going to say. Well, I, I, I don't know that I was going to say anything except to maybe begin with you, so you probably have questions in your brain, um, <laughs> expanding the understanding of both the purpose, but I, I think mm-hmm. even more so, how do we recognize how either if I'm a parent how do I recognize um, that I might have a child that hasn't been in yes. body on earth many times? Or yes. how do I, as an individual, recognize um, yes. me and what's unique about me and that there's nothing wrong with me? I just haven't been right. here many times. Yes. Yeah, I think that would be very valuable. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of where to start and how to make it simple. So uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of my clients... A lot of my clients will um, come in and during their interview, they'll say, you know, I've always felt very alien here, and they literally use the term alien. Uh-huh. And before we even, before I even guide the regression, I, I've obviously learned some of the signs and symptoms and commentary um, that that an ET soul or a star traveler soul will tell me before we start the regression. So here, here are some um, uh, characteristics you might say of non-Earth-based souls. Often these are people with a lot of physical issues, allergy issues, chemical sensitivities, um, very narrow diets in terms of what they can eat and feel well. Um, They're very sensitive to energy. They don't do well walking into a mall uh, because of the chemicals in the dyes of of, uh, new clothing. Um, So that they're very physically sensitive to you know you know over processed grains you might say or so so they have a lot of health related 
issues and not necessarily, you know, I'm not talking about health-related issues um, that are, we might say, organ-related, like a lung disease or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't, they struggle with what Uh they inhale, what they touch, what they eat, and, and, and and that's a big sort of issue for them. They also tend to have um, unique, if we think about children, they tend to have unique learning styles like, and actually this, uh, Earl and I have grandchildren, and one of our Mm -hmm. grandchildren, we are sure, has not been in a human body many times. So he has great math skills, he has great structural skills, but his verbal skills have moved very, very slowly, um, and and he's about nine years old. But learning um, reading and that sort of thing was really, really slow, but give him something to do that's math or tied to building a structure, and he's just a whiz at it. Um, so there are other signs that he is a non-Earth-based soul. So non-Earth-based souls just don't fit well into these human bodies and these human brains, we you know we have the autistic spectrum, and we have yes. more yes. and more people being diagnosed on the autistic spectrum. I really believe that often those kinds of diagnostic categories, especially the autistic spectrum, are a misnomer that these children or even even young adults and adults who have communication problems and and their their ability to relate and communicate is limited it's simply because they come from places where language wasn't the form of communication so they don't get that but we stick a label on them and say oh this person is quote unquote autistic because mom took a vaccine in week Seven of pregnancy, and that was the problem. My hunch is that isn't the problem. Uh-huh. Do you think they might be more sensitive to vaccines at all, just because they have these sensitivities? I mean, maybe not as severe as sometimes that's that's conveyed, but I'm just curious if maybe some of these kids, you know, may be more sensitive, especially if you give them a bunch at once. I know that's very controversial, you know, how to, how to space them out and things like that. I, I'm just curious if if that could be possible if they have more sensitivities. I think that's probably very possible because I think their entire body, as well as their central nervous system, um, as well as their sort of emotional self, are are more sensitive than perhaps someone like me. I mean, you know, not that I don't have, you know, my own issues to a degree, but that they're more sensitive because... so, So... we have to think about what are these places like, what are these celestial locations like that are non-Earth, where these souls spend the bulk of their time. So, and, and this is what I've learned, um, and, and there will be a, a variety of descriptions. There's some in that one chapter in my second book, The Evolving Soul, and there will be more um, forthcoming that I'll share. But the the non-Earth locations tend to be healthy places so where conflict doesn't exist so these these non-earth-based souls don't handle conflict well where um you know 
everything that happens is healthy. Diet is healthy. The air is healthy. Um, the way people relate to each other is healthy. So these souls come from these, and almost I know it sounds like nirvana, but come <laughs> from these other planets, star systems, and, and I'll say to the listeners too that some of these souls come from um, a, a, a non-density kind of location. Um, yes. they, some of them come from interdimensional space. And but they don't have they don't they don't deal with what we deal with they don't you know they don't have a have to sleep a certain number of hours or you know eat a healthy diet to to stay well or take supposedly a vaccine to keep from having an illness they don't do those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, and and you know I know that to some of the listeners this sounds incredibly adventurous, but still, you know, if we look at our science, um, quantum physics, I mean, it's showing things about multiple dimensions that are real. And so so I think that it makes perfect sense to me what you're saying. And and something I feel led to say to you, Linda, is I hope you explore this more because I feel there's a whole topic area in your work for parents and grandparents, you know, how to work with kids who are coming in or even, even you know, those who are assisting as educators or daycare providers, you know, those who are very open and expansive, how to help these kids. It seems like a whole area as we evolve as humanity, you know, how we better work with, with children and these souls coming in. So, so anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there because as you're talking, we can only brush the surface, but it's a powerful area. No, I think, Susan, I totally agree with you because, I, again, I think these adults and children are misunderstood so that if yeah. we don't put out support and explanation for people um, and how to cope with this and how to help their children or how to help their friend or whatever it might be and, and not just marginalize these these people or these children and just thinking they're, they're weirdly different. They're, yeah. they're, not weir- mm-hmm. they're not weirdly different. They're just, you know, it's kind of, that's right, you know, it's just like if someone told me I had to go live in China tomorrow and I had to stay five years, I'd get there and I'd be lost. I don't speak Mm -hmm. the language, I don't Mm -hmm. understand the cultural differences, that's what happens for a non-Earth-based soul. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, I really do feel, you know, just exploring this along with you is that there there really could be this whole spectrum of those of us who are just open, you know, too. You know, I I have no idea where I'm on that spectrum. All I know is that I'm open to this. This is just it makes sense. It just resonates. That's the word. And I think I, that there are listeners out there who feel this way that at the very least it resonates to be open to this. Well, and you know, I, I have some clients that come in for one or both of the types of regression that I guide, and some of them come in suspecting that the bulk of their soul experience hasn't been here. Others, that's completely you know new and not something they've even considered. So then I guide their regression again. I don't mm-hmm. put those ideas in their mind. And they spontaneously, um, at times, go to a past life or go to where their soul truly comes from that is non-Earth-based. And even they're surprised, except that once the regression is over and, and we are processing you know, verbally and 
the client, I've sort of brought the client out of the deeper relaxation for the regression, and then the client will say, you know, this just makes so much sense. I I never thought about this, or sometimes they say, of course, yes, I have considered this. But when I guide clients sometimes to non-Earth lives, they can describe their body structure, which is not human-like, they can describe how they communicate, which is not human-like. Mm-hmm. You know, they can describe, you know, family situations that don't have the dysfunction that human families have. But yeah. they came here to educate us. They came here to help us learn more about what's healthy and how on the planet we need to shift. Yes, yes. Are there people who, um, you know, maybe if a child just takes to the water, for example, could that mean that maybe they they had a life on a water planet? Um, And by the way, it certainly isn't me. (laughs) I'm the opposite of that. And and I'm not even saying where I am on this. But I just know I'm open to this topic and always have, and that's what I know. But, yeah, what about that? You know, that these kids, that's one way that we might see it, that they just swim, you know, from – Immediately, they just take to it. You know, could that mean they have water planet um, background? Oh, absolutely. I think whatever that comfort level or that skill is, um, it's like yes. I think that could mean they come from a place that's completely water based. I, uh-huh. I've had clients describe sort of an amphibian type of body structure, um, but you know every planet or star system or location where a soul comes from um, that is not earth-based is unique in its skills and abilities. You might have um, a non-earth location where the communication is through sound so Uh that um, that individual is very capable in their human body with music or with sound healing and 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 that sort of thing so that those those non-earth-based souls bring their skills with them to help us advance um then just a, maybe another another example um I recently had a client where um this is a non-earth-based uh soul client where the client said um I have been in an earth body maybe five to eight times, but I've been coming to earth, um, this probably won't shock some of your listeners, I've been coming to earth just as energy. I've been coming here to observe and to learn about earth because where I come from, you know, from my home base in spirit, um, we for a while, we only sent scouts, if you will, from my you know non earth home base because we had to get a sense of what life was like on earth and whether it would work for a soul from my celestial home to come into body hair yes Do so you know something- for the yeah. No, go well, ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just going to ask you. We all know on this planet, in other cultures, different from our own, um, whatever our own happens to be, there, right. there are things that don't translate. 
you know, there are words that don't translate. There are traditions that simply don't translate. And, it, and it's hard to describe them because, you know, it, it doesn't quite exist in another culture. And so my question here is, do things come through that just totally don't translate? Because I would have to believe that's true, that you can't even really describe. You know, you can kind of try to, well, sort of energy. You know, th- does that happen sometimes where they have trouble even mapping it to what we know because it's just so so different? <laughs> Yes, yes, totally. And that during the regression, it's hard for the client to put words to it. Yeah. So, for instance, and maybe this will help listeners just a little bit to give this a little bit more clarity, um, starting with myself as an example. So as an earth-based soul, my soul energy or my higher self, and, and probably listeners know that when we're incarnate, we only bring an aspect of our soul energy into our bodies, and the remainder of our soul energy is in the spiritual realm, and that's what we call our higher self. So my higher self, as an earth-based soul, my higher self resides energetically in the uh, space that we might call the, the earth's spiritual realm, yeah. uh, an energetic space tied to the earth, um, which is tied to where the earth uh, guides, earth ascended masters um, function. A non-earth-based soul, when they finish an incarnation on earth, their soul energy returns to their home location, if you will. So if they're from a- another planet or another star system, they go, quote-unquote, they go home to their home spiritual realm. But some clients that I've worked with, essentially, and you know, just as I learn something, then my guides come along and expand that and stretch mm-hmm. what I already thought I understood. Some earth-based souls, um, you might say, reside in more than one place or don't, another way to say it would be don't, they don't reside tied to density. And so yeah. there are some souls that are highly advanced that that are non-earth souls, but we can't say, "Oh, their home base is Orion's belt" or "Oh, their home base is the Pleiades" or "Their home base is outside Earth's solar system." Yeah. There's so much more as you commented, Susan, that we're just beginning to understand yeah. and we have to be sure that we don't become earth-centric. Yes, that's because, it. You yeah. know, yes, yes. You know, you use that term, and you referred to it without the term earlier. Clean research is a term you use in your book, and we need to to use that in every way when we're exploring or, you know, just just being open to what's out there. Because otherwise, we will we will put our own assumptions on it, and and that's always been true, even on Earth. That's what's kind of cause trouble with us sometimes, one culture to another. And now, you know, we need to to consciously be open. I feel that very much. Absolutely, especially people like you and me and many of your listeners. You know, it's like we agreed to come here now with purpose. And we agreed to come here now to be of service to this planet to help the planet advance. So I think we need to be tuned into that. Yes. I have a specific question that I feel someone out there, either now or across time, whoever's listening. I have a lot of healers that listen to this program, Linda. 
And you have a story, and I know you can only very briefly, we're running out of time already, it goes so fast. Um, you have a story about a, a, a person named Cassie in your book. It talks about a container purifying another's energy. And I wonder if you could explore that a little bit, because I feel there are healers out there that, that need to hear this. So if you will, just refresh, you know, there are so many cases in my book. Well, that basically, you don't have to go into all the detail. I know I do this sometimes because, you know, I read the book and such. I can't even remember everything I put in some of my things. So basically she's a soul that um, she's supposed to help others heal. I mean, I guess she's called to be a healer. So there's the general question is do we have um, people coming from elsewhere, that are are not only guided, you know, that they're specifically guided in the healing realms, and and what might they bring to us in that area? And maybe they're working as healers, um, energetic healers, or in in whatever way they are. You know, in many ways, you're a healer in your own way. You know, um, although you're not from elsewhere. So so anyway, um, that's that's kind of the question. And if I'm bringing up something that's kind of an obscure point, my apologies. That's okay. I'll no, have no, I'll no, invite no. them to explore the book. No, 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 not the least bit obscure. I just need yeah. a little bit more information. So no, um, no. <laughs> let me answer that in a couple of ways. And I'm flashing okay. in my mind on a person um, who, since I don't, I won't say the name or where they live, I can talk about yeah. this person. So this is a woman um, in her 50s. She's conventionally trained. She has a couple of college degrees, blah, blah, blah. And um, she's a wife, she's a mother, you know, so seemingly on the surface, the ridiculous stereotypes, but but she looks pretty normal. Um, uh, and not too many years ago, she was drawn to learn Reiki. And uh, she learned Reiki and realized this was her calling, and basically over time she just began to really expand her skills. And so she took all different types of healing training and um, she lives in a, a fairly rural part um, of the East Coast. And uh, she started building a practice in her house doing healing work. She took past life regression training with me, um, but she took all different types of training. Um, uh-huh. She Her practice began to grow. Again, she lives in an area where you would think, well, people aren't going to be interested in that rural eastern area you know who's going to be interested in this spiritual kind of healing her practice is over full um Mm -hmm. she she is an et soul we uncovered that through regression she didn't know that at all about herself but what she did know is that she again was one of these extremely physically sensitive kinds of people so her mm-hmm. healing skills are phenomenal and, and and plus she's just a lovely caring woman um but along with that she discovered um she was dealing with fibromyalgia symptoms of fibromyalgia mm-hmm. and let me just add because i didn't say this earlier a lot of people with autoimmune disorders and yeah. please listeners I, i'm not saying everybody i'm saying yeah. a lot of yeah. people with yeah. diagnosed Autoimmune disorders are ET souls. I have another number of clients in my practice like that, um, and I do a lot of I do a lot of soul based counseling and not just regression. So, yeah, I work with people in that respect. But um, this particular woman um, in in the Eastern United States, she needed to understand why she had all these bodily issues, 
Um, and it's because she's an ET soul, but her healer skills just grew quickly because not only is that what she came into body to do, but she's bringing her healing abilities from her non-Earth-based home. She brings you, them with her. Do you Go feel ahead. that someone like that is also called to work with people who come from, from elsewhere, you know, because maybe they need something a, a little bit more customized to, to assist them, you know, that we were not really... You know, our conventional techniques may not really work for for some people very well, and so maybe there more healers are being called to help the people coming in who are not all earth based. Oh, I think you're totally right. I think mm-hmm. that's 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 highly likely um, that we need we need all types of of healers, and you know, healer is kind of a beautiful word. Mm-hmm. Being a healer is extremely broad based. I mean, there are medical doctors. I have a very dear friend who's a Harvard-trained medical doctor, but she's also a medical intuitive and very, very spiritual. So she's very, very grounded in traditional medicine, but she's also completely holistic and intuitive. You know, she's just another version of a healer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel that that that's a very broad area that, that, you know, even even just even teachers are healers in their own way. I mean, there there's so many different ways that healing can come to people. So, and that we can be healers or help facilitate healing in others. And and um, you know, I feel that that that's very much what what you are doing with with your work because a lot of times people do you feel, Linda, when people come to you, they're, sometimes they're just kind of at the end of their ropes. You know, they just haven't found whatever it is, and are they just guided to your door somehow that, that maybe, you know, just sometimes even adventurously, like not totally knowing what the heck they're getting into. Do you get people like that who just are somehow guided to your doorstep, even, you know, not completely understanding what it is is happening Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously the people that 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 I work with, you know, come to me for all kinds of reasons. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there there are people where something so I had a uh, I had a client I was doing soul-based counseling with, oh, I don't know, a day or two or three ago, um who had a friend that had a regression with me but knows that I do soul-based counseling and I do it face-to-face and by phone. And and um, the friend just said uh, to my recent client, the friend just said, I don't know how it will help you, but, you know, I think you need to just do an initial um, what I call spiritual mentoring, which another way is just to call that soul-based counseling. It's counseling based on what's going on in your life from a soul perspective. And so this woman didn't really know why she'd scheduled the session, but her friend said, I really think you need to do this. And, you know, it wasn't long before we had begun to talk about various aspects of this woman's life that um, have to do with past lives and why she came into body and what what her to be of service um, in this lifetime is, is all about. So, yes, people come from, you know, various kind of motivational places, if you will. Yeah. Do you find people, it seems this is becoming a recurring topic on this show, just so you know, we've been exploring it a lot, is that people who've had spiritual emergences, 
Um, you know, I have to tell you, my waking up period many, many years ago involved that, and it really rocked my world. And I wish I had known there were people like you, Linda, because it would have helped at the time, although I managed to find some people to help me. But the thing is, is um, I, I'm wondering if, and this may go beyond where their souls are based, but just that as people are opening up, as our consciousness is expanding, sometimes people wake up very fast and they're not ready totally and they need a little help integrating um, the higher consciousness perspectives. And so I was wondering if you have people who come to you like that and if the soul work um, also helps them, the past life regression therapy and all that you do, your soul counseling, how that helps people who are who are trying to integrate, you know, what the heck is happening to me, you know, the waking up stage. Well, I, I think you and I, Susan, are just perfect ex- examples of that. I mean, uh-huh. when, when my... Co- when <laughs> my yeah, I mean, when my colleague died in 1993, yeah. and I started having these spiritual intuitive experiences yes. that... I'd never had before. Uh-huh. I mean, there was a small part of me that thought, you know, am I going crazy? Am oh, I am I losing it? And uh-huh. and fortunately, and I'll just say this to the listeners because you find support where you least expected. You know, I mean, yeah. sure, Linda Linda can do this kind of support now because I understand it, but I didn't know what in the world and why this was happening. But yeah. I opened my mouth and I said to my my dear husband, who you know, Earl and I have been together a long time, but I you know yeah. we probably been married yeah. 20 or 25 years I and Earl of course knew my colleague who had just died knew my colleague quite well and I said to Earl because Earl and I had never talked about spirituality or reincarnation it had just mm-hmm. never come up and so I said to Earl you know I need to tell you what's going on and I know you're just going to think your wife is nuts and you know I explained yeah. the intuition and the past life recall and he looked yeah. at me very calmly I know this was all planned now I know that he looked at me very <laughs> calmly and he said I guess I've I repressed what happened to me as a boy and again we're both in our middle to later 40s he said well I guess I must have repressed what happened to me as a boy because only now do I remember and then he said when I was a boy growing up actually in the state where you live Susan uh-huh. when I was a boy growing up in Oregon I spontaneously remembered my past lives in detail. I tucked it away. I told no one, and I forgot because I thought no one would believe me. And so my husband, Earl, said, no, I don't think this is crazy, and I think you and we need to go learn more about it. I needed that support system. That, for me, first step. That was my support system because my husband wasn't looking at me like I was cross-eyed. Yes, yes. Well, so that's wonderful that you had that that partnership in place and and I know sometimes that doesn't happen, but um in your case, I mean, it just made things go much quicker, I think, to allow you to be of service in the way that you are. And I'm thankful for both of you having met you both. I mean, really um, what wonderful work you're doing! I, I've I've sat in a booth next to Earl for hours on end, <laughs> and we've watched each other's um, uh, things. And and you know what a delightful soul! I mean, both of you. And I guess that then, since this conversation went by quickly, I could have you on for two hours so easily. <laughs> you know, it's how it goes. But um, we we are nearing the end of the live show, and I wanted to um, first of all um, just. Thank you from, you know, 
my heart because I I am just so grateful that that you are here on the show and just here in general in in all the ways that you are. So so thank you. You are you are so welcome, Susan. Thank you for what you do. <laughs> Thanks. And and then I want to give you the opportunity because we have time to say what's coming up. I mentioned at the beginning of the show we're both going to be at the Conscious Life Expo coming up pretty quick, and I want to give you the opportunity to talk about that and anything else you've got coming up for the listeners. Okay, great, great. Well, so for the listeners, I I work about 50% of the time where I live in the Boulder, Colorado area, and then about 50% of the time I'm traveling to various places, guiding regressions, giving talks, workshops, and and that sort of thing. So, um, And people can find my schedule on ravenheartcenter.com. Um, so like you, I'm going to be in L.A. in a couple of weeks, both on a mm-hmm. panel tied to the afterlife mm-hmm. and Great. and giving a separate um, individual workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, just a, just a few places I'm going to be. I'm going to be working in Santa Fe at the end of February. I'm in Tucson in March. Easiest way is for people to just take a look at, at yeah. my website. And also, if people have any interest in whether it's you know spiritual mentoring by phone or face-to-face, regression, of course, but I also train people in, in both past life and between lives regression. All that kind of information can be found on my website, and the basic regression training can be taken both through teleconference with me. It's a live phone call um, doing a group training or in Colorado. So all people need to do is go to ravenheartcenter.com, and that's where they'll find what I'm up to. Yes, yes. Well, I have to tell you, I think everything you're doing is really exciting, and and I just, you know, I, I, I so look forward to seeing how it continues to develop and this new book of yours that, that you're working on. I mean, I think that's just wonderful. And 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 I look forward to seeing you and and anyone who who comes to see both of us at at the the expo will both have booze out there and and um I hope that people have an opportunity to just chat with us in person so um thank you so much again for being here. I appreciate we really covered a lot in a short amount of time great thank you susan it's been it's just been great fun to talk about yes, yes, well. All right. Well, thank you again, and send all my all my my heartfelt wishes to Earl as well, who may be listening. But um, thank you again. Take and care. We'll see you soon. Oh yes, see you soon. All right. Well, thanks again, and you have a good afternoon. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Uh, just to the audience here that's live, a um, little more information. Um, If you're curious about the Los Angeles Conscious Life Expo coming up, um, I do have it out on the FrontierBeyondFear.com page. FrontierBeyondFear.com. I'm I'm doing a free lecture there Saturday night at 7 p.m. on multidimensional living. And actually, I will explore things like soul partnerships and, you know, just I'll be referring to some work like that of Linda's and others in this area. Um, just a number of things. This show coming up, we've got some big shows next week. Um, this is it for this week. Next week on the 8th, Monday the 8th at this time, 12 p.m. Pacific, 
We have Diane Collins coming on. She, her specialty is quantum thinking. Wonderful, wonderful teacher. We haven't had her on in a little while, and I'm so delighted she's coming back on the show. That's Monday. Tuesday, really, this will be very cool. I have Ariel Ford coming on right before Valentine's, and she's going to talk about the soulmate secret and some of her work right now that she's doing, both with um, you know finding your soulmate and then existing couples. You know, um, we're we're not going to have a very long conversation. She'll be on for for about I don't know twenty minutes or so. It'll be fairly short, but I'm just so delighted to have Ariel Ford on the show Tuesday. February 9th, and then I'll probably open up the lines at that show, or, or we'll just talk afterwards. So so that one's coming up. Um, Thursday the 11th, Nick Seneca Jenkel is coming back on the show. That's, again, 12 p.m. Pacific. And then that Saturday night, the 13th, Psychic Debbie Briggs will be back on taking your call. So that'll be a fun show. Um, now we're in the archive. We rapidly finished off the live show. I think I'm just saying farewell to those listeners, and thank you for being here. Thank you to those of you listening to this podcast across time. I feel you here. I always do. Soul to soul, heart to heart, you are here and have been with us, all, no matter when you're listening to this thing. Um, and I do, again, invite everyone to FrontierBeyondFear.com where you'll find all the details of this show that we did today with Dr. Linda Backman and the future shows and the wonderful archive because we've got now you know, more than five years of shows out there and um, I just welcome you there. If you feel guided to support this show, I welcome listener support. I welcome it energetically. I welcome it by prayer and also in other ways. Um, to help with the maintenance of the show. I appreciate that very much. And you go to FrontierBeyondFear.com to find out how to do that, too. So thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, I hope you explore this topic more. I hope that you open up to the adventurousness of true exploration because that's really what we're called to do. If we are truly in pursuit of truth. And I'm exploring right along with you. I opened this show saying as a child, I always felt open to this. I always did. But that doesn't necessarily make me from elsewhere. You know, as I was listening, I was thinking, you know, maybe I'm just a person who's really open to talking about people from elsewhere or, you know, just that just being open in general about this because I always have been. So we can be all sorts of different kinds of people exploring this topic, and we can very gently allow ourselves to learn just why we are here in all the ways we're here and what we're called to do, many of us in service, the more that we focus on how we can help this planet of ours, because that's where we find ourselves now. So thank you again, everyone, and I will see you next time. 